0: To the Straits of Video podcast with Rob Lane. Oh, crap. We're back. 2022, and I hope everyone has been doing great. How was Christmas and New Year? I hope you all had fun, got some relaxing in with friends and family, and you're all recharged to kick off this year. I want to say thanks to everyone who regularly listens to the show for being so cool with the break from the episodes. In my head, I wanted to go right through and continue putting them out, but the couple of weeks away from the show has been real good and it's allowed me to get a few chats in the bag, shall we say, for the coming weeks. Today, though, to bring things right back up to speed, I got to chat with a real veteran of hard rock who has been singing, recording and performing for over 50 years now the one and only Bob Catley of Magnum, who, if you're listening to this episode on the day it comes out, released their brand new album, The Monster Roars, today, January the 14th, and it's available wherever you get your music these days, but they also have some amazing limited edition versions and some great physical editions available through the website magnumonline.co.uk. Bob Catley and Magnum are a UK hard rock institution. It's forming in the early 70s and it's great to have them around, still releasing albums and getting set for more touring over the coming year. I want to thank my friend Paul Lavender for suggesting I reach out and get Bob on the show. So thanks for that, mate. And it was great to chat all about his early collaborations with his longtime musical partner and Magnum songwriter Tony Clarkin, their appearances on Top of the Pops, along with touring the USA with Ozzy and later recording over there when the 80s crossed into the 90s. Before we check in with Bob, I want to thank my friends Dead School Coffee for continuing to support the show into 2022. Can't wait to see what they achieve this year as they're always brewing up something cool and they continue to offer listeners to this show 15% off any order of their grand or full bean coffee. So if you're onto something of a slow start early this year and need a pick-me-up, head on over to deadschoolcoffee.co.uk and simply add the promo code STV on checkout. Hopefully on the downtime over Christmas you've had a chance to catch up on older episodes of the show. If not, all 150 chats are available at stvpod.com along with some straight-to-video music, videos and merch and you'll also find a link to the Patreon page where you can get extra content from the show as well as exclusive stuff you will not find anywhere else so please hit up stvpod.com for all of that Alrighty, let's get the new year into gear with a rock and roll legend so please enjoy my straight to video chat with Magnum's Bob Catley (laughs) <laughs> how you doing mate you all right
1: i'm good thank you yes just doing my
0: interviews i bet you're racking them up at the moment aren't you with the album coming out soon
1: yeah just reeling them off one after the other
0: well it's a good way to kick off the new year straight from all the christmas and new year then straight into work again kick things off properly
1: i'm glad to be doing it really honestly <laughs> it's good we've got a lot coming up so uh yeah the album coming out and the tour and everything so uh yeah now i'm glad to be doing it me and tony are doing our share of uh, talking to people, and it's great that people are interested and want to talk about it, you know, so I'm, I'm really happy with the whole situation at the moment.
0: Well, congratulations on the new album, The Monster Roars. What album number is this, or did you give up counting some time ago?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, it's number 22. <laughs> Two Little Ducks, this one is <laughs> Yes, Yeah, it's our 22nd album, yeah. The first one came out on in 1978. And here we are in 2022. Amazing. That number 22 in 2022. There you go. <laughs>
0: Has your relationship with Tony in regards to new material changed over the course of your career? Does he still present songs to you in the same way?
1: Well, yeah, it's always been the same. It comes up with these brilliant tunes. And uh, words to match, and I'm usually the first to hear them. And he'll go, yeah, I've got a song here, you know, I'd like you to sing it. And here's some words, usually a chorus that he's just put together. So I'll get my lips around that. And we usually change the key because it's usually not quite right for the whole song. Some parts are higher than others in the song. So we have to alter the key. It's one thing writing it on a guitar, but another one trying to sing it, you know, Uh, because I'm not a guitar string, of course. The tempo could change. Most times, it's usually a bit slow, because he gets used to it, that tempo, but I start singing it, and it's like, oh, we need the vocal to be more urgent. Yeah, yeah. Urgent, urgent, (laughs) emergency, that one, you know. So, uh, Lou Graham, what a singer, great, one of my all-time heroes. And, uh, oh, yeah, brilliant. And um, that's how we proceed. And so we start putting it down and living with it. And when we've got through quite a few songs like that, he's got enough to go away with and complete the lyrics. We meet up again sometime later, and I put down the rest of the vocal, and then everything else is there for the band to pick up on and get used to listening to at home until they come into the studio to play their parts. So and that's how we proceed, and it's worked so far all these years.
0: Pretty good track record.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, you, you've had some certain success over the years, yeah.
0: <laughs> Have you revisited some older material on this new record as bonus tracks? New version of Days of No Trust from 88 and a remastered version? of Was it? Is it your very first single, Sweets for My Sweets, from 75, I think it is?
1: Yeah, well, yes, uh, we were looking for uh, some bonus material. The label, were looking for some bonus material. So we came up, we searched around, and we found Sweets of My Sweet, which was 1975, our first record release, our first single on CBS Records. But it was an edited version of what we used to do on stage right. at the Rum Runner in Birmingham, where we were one of the two resident bands at the time. We used to do it at Christmas, like, and, and there was like a Christmas version of uh, God Rest You Merry Gentlemen in the middle of the track Sweets of My Sweet, which we recorded the whole thing in London. That came out in nineteen seventy six, but it's uh, they cut out all the middle bit. Okay. It was far too long, as usual. It's like three and a half minutes, and that's that's all you yeah, get, yeah, you yeah. know, for a single, as you know. So uh, we found the um, the record the full version of it and with uh, oh, oh, thing it's embarrassing <laughs> and, uh, and it's such a bit of fun so it's for the collectors you know it wasn't on the original record so this is the full length version Brilliant. part of the bonus CD there's also a, a new version of Days of No Trust which we've uh, sped up and changed the arrangement slightly so it's a, a new version it's not the one that everybody's got and another track that we completely forgotten about and we didn't even know what the title was so it's on top but it's um, it's an early Magnum track With our old bass player Dave Morgan Singing the lead vocal on it But it's Magnum I mean I'm in the background With the tambourine Doing cool. the backing vocals <laughs> So it's something for the collectors So I think it's a nice thing to have And part of the box set That we've got coming out At the same time as the album comes out And it's got all these things in it It's got a CD and a cassette And a this and a that And the bonus disc And a t-shirt And whatever
0: All that great physical stuff <laughs>
1: It's a limited edition box set, so it probably won't be around very long, if, unless you're getting quick people.
0: I was wondering, Bob, how did you and Tony originally meet? I mean, it's a partnership, which I believe is, is it 50 years old this year? Was it 1972 <laughs> when you first crossed paths?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, we knew each other from the late 60s. Vaguely, you know, you're bumping to each other on the on the, the gig circuit. Like, oh, all right, how are you doing? And all that. And that was as far as it went. But we didn't get together properly till 1972 our old drummer Kex Gorin, bless him, not longer with us. He talked Tony into joining this resident band that me and him were in. We was already called Magnum. So um he joined Magnum Tony. <laughs> uh he joined me and Kex Yeah, they must have been short of money or something. So he wa didn't really <laughs> want to do it. Resident Band, you know, playing covers for people yeah. to dance to is fine, but depends where your head is at the time. And uh, I think he just well, okay, I'll have it how much <laughs> And uh, we did that until 1975. That's when we had to leave and seek a living elsewhere because we got the sack. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, we used to get people up on stage, you know, like John Bonham and Tony Iommi and Kelsey Powell and people get up for a jam session doing rock and roll 12-bar stuff. That went down great with the musicians in the audience, but... The people who were there weren't really impressed because like they don't care who you are, they couldn't dance to it.
0: <laughs> that's crazy that some, getting those guys up on stage actually got you the sack.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, it's their fault. Thanks, guys. Yeah. But it's OK, it was meant to happen. And a couple of years after we left the room, the Duran Duran started rehearsing there. Yeah. Yeah, so that's where they started as well. But uh, yeah, that's how me and Tony got together. We started doing his material, and we ended up doing Residencies, and then the album came out. And then we started doing support tours with uh, quite a few bands. And that's how Magnum got started, really, picking up an audience from other bands um, following, you know. So great. And and here we are still.
0: (laughs) My introduction to you guys, other than my friend at school being a massive fan, and he was always quoting your onstage banter from your own video. He used to always quote your lines from that. But my introduction was hearing Start Talking Love on the Hot City Nights compilation album around 1988. I mean, that's such a masterclass in, it's just simply a great pop rock song. The writing on it's oh, great. Yeah.
1: Start talking love. It's great, yeah. Yeah, I love it, yeah. It's, it's a real old one. God, that was, uh, <clears throat> I had a video for that and it was on the telly a lot. Round right about the late '88, yeah, start looking up, went down good.
0: I mean, I heard that on that compilation album, a lot of the bands on that album were new to me as a kid back then, but it stood proudly against the likes of Bon Jovi, Brian Adams, Kiss, Whitesnake, who were all on that same cassette.
1: Good company to be involved with, yes. We had a couple of singles off the album, Days in No Trust. And on top of the pops, we'd start talking love as well.
0: That's right. May 1988, I believe that was.
1: <laughs> yeah, we were in Germany recording a B side with a string chord set from the Munich Philharmonic Orchestra. And we got a phone call come through that um, it had gone up quite a few places because it, people saw it on top of the pups yeah I mean I was really chuffed <laughs> we, were, we were like oh I mean, we're in the top 20 amazing so uh, it did really good for, for Magnum and uh, I still like it Yeah, I don't think Tony likes it much cause he's moved on a bit Right, he's different songwriter you know it's like oh hang on up. that was then and this is now you know
0: was you as a band kind of embracing a lot of the American rock which was getting mainstream radio play around that
1: time well we're not American but uh, we're was hoping to fit in with there somewhere, yeah. it wasn't steered that way, but fortunately, it, it sounded good, and yeah, you know, the right feeling and the right the right words in the song then it kind of fitted into the mainstream which is great you know yeah yeah definitely force it but it did actually fit in the mainstream and that's why it did so well i was really glad that that song came along
0: what do you remember about the top of the pops experience was it everything you hoped because i guess you'd watched all that through the 70s and all those classic bands being on there
1: yeah we was when we was doing gigs in like american air force bases and you'd watch the tv before you went on the stage we had a television room in them days (laughs) Uh, and Top of the Pops came on and I'm watching it and I go wouldn't it be great if we could go well I'd love to be on Top of the Pops you know this is just me talking not everybody's gagging to be on Top of the Pops in bands especially at hard rock bands it's like oh hang on we've got a mime or something exactly so it's a bit below them you know Uh, but we went on and we had a great day I mean I was exhausted at the end of it because I'm not very good at miming so I tend to sing (laughs) right (laughs) Yeah. You know, so you can actually see me throat working. You know, oh, I feel like I'm cheating people, and uh, I, I lost my voice at the end of the sessions. We did three takes. For the cameras and then the sound, and then off we go. I'll oh do speak afterwards, especially <laughs> miming, my but uh, it's not in my heart to mine, really. I know nobody could hear me, but I, I couldn't help it. But I really enjoyed it. Top of the Pops and the crowd were there, and I don't think half of them were bothered, but they were still told to dance and clap, you know, like everybody, like you're the Beatles or something. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think you're on the same show as S Express, the Primitives, and the Christians. I think that was the lineup. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, great, yeah. Not too many Magnum fans in that audience then
0: (laughs) Just kind of speaking about the American sound of things you guys actually toured the US in the early 80s with Ozzy was that your first experience over
1: there? Well yeah, we had an album out called Chase the Dragon in 1982 and we were on the same label as Ozzy Osbourne Jet Records at the time we did pretty good in the UK got to number 17 in the top 20 we were on tour with Crocus and our album went up 10 places higher than theirs we were the only the support band. That was like, yeah, we're great. We're up in the top twenty, and uh, the record label said uh, we can get you this the main support slot with Ozzy um, in the spring. So they got us over there after that terrible accident with Randy Rhodes.
0: Right, it was just. I was wondering then when, like, the timeline was. If it was if Randy was still in the band, or if it was after all that had happened.
1: Yeah, that had happened. And terrible. And when Ozzy got. Backed into singing again, a new guitar player. We joined the tour Halfway through. And it was great. And we go on the stage in front of um, 20,000 people, usually. 20,000 seats indoor arenas. I and mean, it was amazing. We did, you know, the Eastern Seaboard and the, some Southern states. And we had a great time. And the, the people were still coming in when we came out on the stage. There'd been a band on before us. <laughs> so I don't know how many people saw them.
0: You don't remember who that was back then, do you?
1: I don't remember. <laughs> no, couldn't tell you. But uh, we went down amazingly well, considering we hadn't got any track record in the States at all. So that was great and the album did good. It did the profile good for the band and we came back and carried on starting a new album, The 11th Hour. Yeah, so thank you Aussie and thank you Sharon for looking after us. we in in lovely tour buses and hotels and wow, yeah, you know, they treated us like it was our tour.
0: Was that your first time over in the States or had you been there before?
1: Let me think 1982. Uh, yeah, it was the first time, uh, first time we were over there. That's right, yes. We went there after that to do uh, the Good Night LA album in the n- nineteen ninety with Keith Olsen. But yeah, it was it was like, oh, you know, we're from <laughs> never been to America before. And we had a great crew, roadies. Well, yeah, techs they're called technicians now. <laughs> but they were roadies then. They were great and they'd look after us and um, see that we had a good time. And it was nice. I'd recommend it any time <laughs> if you're joining a band Go to America, because you'll have a gas, you'll have a great time.
0: <laughs> was Ozzy familiar with you guys, with you all being from Birmingham?
1: Yeah, I mean, he knew of us. Yeah, we bumped into him on occasion when he was rehearsing with uh, Randy Rhodes in rehearsal rooms in London you know, sometime before before they went to the States to do the tour. So we, we knew each other, and we were in the same hotels and the same bars. And, yeah, so, you know, you get to meet a lot of people like that, you know. And then years later, you you don't see each other for a long time. So, uh, yeah, probably wouldn't know me now, but um, we got on famously at the time. Having a drink helped, you know.
0: <laughs> Superb. And like you say, you'd return to the U.S. as the 90s rolled in to record Goodnight L.A., Did you enjoy recording over there? I mean, because I think that was the first time the label wanted to bring in uh, side writers, which seems weird label logic, really, as you'd perhaps done one of your most commercial sounding and successful songs with your own songwriter. It's just strange logic.
1: Yeah, well, it was done for a reason for them and they wanted us to be presentable to an American audience, I believe. And we were offered to go to Goodnight LA Studios with Keith Olsen and we snapped it up, of course. I think Tony did good, you know, co-writing with other people. Ross Ballard, he did great with him. And there's a couple of other people in there that the label wanted Tony to work with, you know. So he went along with that. I looked at it from a different point of view because I I love Tony's songs as they were. And, you know, why do we need to do this? But from a label point of view, they want to push the band as much as they can so it was um, a go at breaking new ground you know over in america so, it, it worked really good. I mean, we had a good time with Keith Olsen, and he did a good job for us. Thank you, Keith. He's with us, unfortunately. And we was in the States, so it was you know sunny every morning. Every day was the same weather in California. Misty and then burning off the haze and glorious sunshine and lovely weather all the time. So, um, you know, we, we went down to Mexico, to Tijuana uh, for a day trip <laughs> and stuff like that. Went over to Las Vegas for a day and uh, lost some money on the tables. But it You know, when we'd done our parts, our bits, you know, we were free for the day, and we had higher cars given us for the duration. So, and we was in a nice apartment and it was you know it was a terrible time people <laughs> I hated it <laughs> uh, then we came back to the wind and the rain in England but at least I was glad to be home actually yeah it was nice what we were there but we were there for three and a half months but it was nice to come back but you had a good time and it, some of it worked and some of it didn't I think so it was um, you know I, I think a lot of people liked it but some weren't too keen in the press it
0: was Changing time in music as well, though to be honest, so,
1: yeah. Uh... So it was a Marmite album I think we call it
0: <laughs> the position you're in now though with the recent output I imagine feels really good having Tony as the producer too and you're able to put out the albums you want to put out and have them sound like the band's vision yes
1: yeah I mean now with SPV they don't get involved until right at the end when, when it's all recorded and sent over for them to put it out they give us total artistic freedom you know there's nobody sitting over your shoulder they're really supportive and I want to thank Hahn and Frank and everybody at SPV for being so good to us over the years uh, they give us complete freedom so we get, we have a very good working relationship with SPV
0: I think you've got gatefold vinyl on this next one proper old school
1: yeah oh yeah we like the gatefold <laughs> and we've got the vinyl and the cassette <laughs> Cassettes are making a comeback, apparently.
0: They're trying the hardest. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, my daughter said, oh, I love one of, the, I love one of those cassettes. So I've got to get a one.
0: Yeah, I think it's pure nostalgia value. On that. It is,
1: exactly, yeah. Like me and my 45s on my record player. Total nostalgia. Do
0: you remember the first 45 you ever brought?
1: First 45 I ever bought. Oh, crikey. Oh, probably a Rolling Stones record. Probably, oh, not Fade Away or something.
0: <laughs> Excellent.
1: That's why I'm in a band. Mick Jagger made me join a band.
0: He's responsible.
1: (laughs) I want to be him. (laughs) My ultimate hero is still Mick Jagger. That's the reason why that got me going. And I kept seeing him on the telly. Oh, Oh, I've got to do something like that. And I ended up being in a band. And here we are now. So thank you, Michael. (laughs) thank you sir Mick (laughs) Jagger
0: well Bob thanks ever so much I I know you're very busy I appreciate you spending some time chatting with us
1: yeah thank you
0: you enjoy the rest of your day
1: I will do and you take care and look after yourself
0: Thanks so much to Mr. Bob Catley for taking some time in his mega busy schedule right now to chat here on the Straight to Video podcast. Hope you all enjoyed that and check out the new Magnum album, The Monster Roars, which is out now from wherever you get your music or direct from the band at magnumonline.co.uk. As always, I appreciate you listening to the show and for all the messages and feedback you continue to send my way, please feel free to hit me up and let me know who you'd like to hear on the show and I'll try my very best to make that happen. Find us at stvpod.com or through any social media use and I'll get right back to you. So that's all for this episode. First of 2022, it feels good to be back and is to an amazing year and I look forward to speaking to you all again real soon.